Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded, January 2023 reflection episode. So I'm going to be kind of shifting the reflection episodes quite a a bit. Not quite a bit. Okay, not quite a bit. They're still going to be the same flavor of ice cream where I share my lessons and perspectives and the things that are most present for me. But what I'm learning to really appreciate about the process of reflection is that when you do it enough times, you start to really sort of, for me, the reflection episodes aren't necessarily about learning anything new as they are about confirming things I already know. And I've gotten to a space in my journey where there are a certain set of principles, there are a certain set of tools, there are frameworks and reminders that if I live into consistently lead to me experiencing consistent fulfillment. And on this episode, that's what we really go into. You know, I break down the several tools that I've sort of learned to lean on consistently over time to experience greater and greater levels of connection, love, compassion, confidence, and groundedness inside of a world that does not want us to be grounded. And I share these tools in hopes that you can also find yourself in my stories, in my perspectives, and the things that work for me so that you can carve your own path on the road to greater levels of love for yourself. So I hope this episode meets you well. I share a lot of really beautiful examples of just connection with nature, with myself, with Gina, with with my work, and so much more. And so I hope you guys enjoy the episode. If you haven't already subscribed to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast apps, all that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. Reach out to me on social media, tag me on Instagram, leave a review for the podcast if it serves you. And I'm just so grateful that we get to continue learning from each other and continue growing together on this dance of life. So enjoy the conversation. And without further ado, here is this month's monthly reflection episode. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my dear friend, Georgina. Welcome back. Hey, everyone. Great to be here again. Oh, man. I feel like we just did a yearly reflection and it's already a monthly reflection. But uh, I'm, I'm feeling a new flavor for these reflection episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think um, one of the things that's cool about doing these consistently over time is that I'm starting to see the same lessons and the same practices and the same tools and the same repeated patterns of success that are showing up for me. And what I'm realizing is that more than now me looking for lessons to learn, my monthly reflections are almost like anchoring back into what's working and what has always worked. 
and keep doubling down on the things that are true. So it's almost like the reflection episodes are, or for me, reflections are turning more into like affirmations or okay. like they're sharpening my principles. Like what are my principles and how do I want to live? And what principles are leading to the greatest levels of fulfillment in health, in work, in relationship? And, and so being able to think about it from that lens has been really powerful for me. And I think it's a big step in my journey as a leader, as a teacher, as, as somebody who's learning to find a framework for navigating life. Because I think that's what we're all sort of looking for in some way, which is like, like a framework we can fall back on that, you know, and I think that's what I'm seeing emerge for me, especially being here in Nosara and experiencing so much quietness within myself and spaciousness within myself as a result of just being in nature and, and having the access to the indigenous teachers here and the ability to truly actually connect to that infinite soul that exists within me. And um, so I'm really grateful to dive in today and, and go deep down, doubling down on, on just principles. And, you know, the things that we will talk about today are not things that are probably going to be new. They're going to be things that you've heard me say in the past, but with more conviction, because I just, I'm, I'm seeing what's working in my life and I'm hoping they support all of you as well. Awesome. So I love this. And what I would love to start with then is almost, can you, can you just give us a very brief overview of what is your intention with all this reflection and, and intentional living, like the way you're going about your life right now? Why are you so focused and so diligent about extracting these lessons and discovering the principles? What, what's the driver behind that for you? So if we just talk about what it means to be ungrounded versus what it means to be grounded. Mm-hmm. When I think about being ungrounded, I feel confusion. I feel fear. I feel a lack of trust in others, in the divine, in the universe, in whatever higher power you believe in. I, I feel a lack of trust in my own self. I feel a disconnection from clarity. And so that's like that one bucket of ungrounded. Let's just call it. That's like an energy over there, right? Grounded to me on the other side is clear, calm, having conviction, knowing where you're headed, uh, trusting deeply, loving unconditionally. And so when I think about these two energies, one energy creates a lot of noise, chaos, distraction, unfulfillment, and honestly, sometimes wreckage and harm in my life. Mm-hmm. And the other bucket creates joy, love, humility, connection, courage. Like there's, there's, there's a flavor of higher vibratory states that are available yeah. on this other side of groundedness. And so my, my intention with reflection, my intention with this type of introspection and work and looking at all of the patterns in my life is to create more of this groundedness and have paths and tools and frameworks that I can lean into when I'm in an experience of ungroundedness, which inevitably happens, 
right? Like there's nobody walks through life unscathed. We either get hit with adversity or there's some type of a shift in life where life is just being life. In fact, the normal thing is life to be uncertain. It's certainty is a man-made construct. It's a mind-made construct. And I think we forget that at times because we live in an age where we've never been safer, where we've never had more access to money, to information, to resources, to comforts, like we've never been more accessible, right? And so there's this false nature of certainty that we've sort of created as quote unquote truth. But when we just remove ourselves from that and go into nature and we actually ground ourselves in what's true, nothing is certain. There is no end conclusion. Everything is unknown. And so to me, having tools and frameworks for navigating the unknown creates more meaning, more calm, more centeredness, and a more, and, a, and just a more aligned life. And that's what I'm really driven to experience. And I've seen the benefits of that in my life. I've seen the quality of my relationships improve. I've seen my work improve. I've seen my relationship to my partner, my family, my friends, my community improve. And I think that's what the world is missing. The world is missing that I think we have enough noise creating ungroundedness. We don't have enough uh-huh. tools and frameworks for living grounded. So that's what really drives me in this. And, you know, I think just simple going from confusion to clarity, right? Conf- I love that. Clarity. Yeah. I mean, confusion is a byproduct of this energy being present in our systems, whether it's an accumulation of energy from other people around us. Cause at the end of the day, we are. I like to think of us as vessels, right? Like, so like we are bodies that can hold energy. In fact, there is a a beautiful, um, and I don't know the exact weight of this, but a friend of mine gave me this, this piece of information, which was like three or four years ago. And it was massively helpful for me in understanding. He told me, and please don't quote me on this guys, but I believe it to be true. Like when the human body dies, There was like a study done where they weighed the body right before they died and right afterwards. And when the body lost its last breath, it lost about 22 or something pounds, which then can sort of signify that life force or prana or the energy that creates this life weighs about 22 pounds. So if you think about the body as a vessel that carries energy, it makes a lot of sense that if we live in a in a world with other energetic beings, it's very easy to accumulate energy from all sorts of places. And a lot of that energy isn't even ours, right? So to me, I feel very called and aligned to live a life of alignment where I feel more like myself every single day because when I feel like myself, everything's easy. When I don't feel like myself, nothing is easy. So that's a long-winded answer, but truly to me, it is about coming back to that state of creating the groundedness every day and living it and being it and breathing it because my life just gets so much easier, better, more fulfilling when that happens. And I feel way more prepared with the tools and frameworks to navigate uncertainty when uncertainty hits or when I forget that uncertainty, when I forget that uncertainty is not the only thing that's certain. Because that's actually what creates the ungroundedness. 
That was a great answer. Thanks for giving that context for this conversation and the reason why we keep doing these things to keep stirring up and extracting this wisdom. And so let's start to talk about some of the, the principles that you're gathering that enable you to navigate that spectrum between and between chaos and uncertainty, confusion and certainty. And what are some things that have really stood up here this month that have been really important for this path? Yeah, and I think just a an important overarching concept again to just come back to is I think in the, my annual reflection, I talked about life being a mirror, right? So like depending on the energy that you're carrying in your system, unconsciously or consciously, this is very important. Even your unconscious energy has signatures that attracts in people, opportunities, challenges that are matching that level of frequency. And so to me, when I think about reflection and why reflection is so important, I pay attention to all the things that are happening in my life. And I always ask the question, how is this a reflection of what's internal? How is this a reflection of what's internal? That's that's a really good point. So in relationship, if I'm having dissonance with my partner, how is this a reflection of what's internal? And what's present inside of me that I can take a look at? Because I can't change somebody else. I can change myself, though. I can't change life mm-hmm. because life is going to keep doing life. But I can look at what's present inside of me, shift that, and then see how life changes. And in my experience, up until this point, having done years of reflection, every time I change the energy within, the circumstances outside shift. Every single time. There's no doubt now that this is the truth. Like you have, you are a mirror of sorts. There's a resonance and a vibratory frequency to that. And so to me, it's okay. Becoming aware of the energy and then clearing it, right? So if I get, if I feel the energy in relationship in the form of a challenge, a trigger, a way that Gina responds to me, great. That is now something I get to look at. There's an energy, or if I feel a trigger myself, where I have all these feelings around not feeling seen, not feeling worthy, not feeling heard, not feeling acknowledged, all these triggers showing up. It could be from Gina. It could be from my business partnerships. It could be from something else in life, but like that is an energy and it doesn't matter what the entry point is because the energy is the same. You're the common denominator in all of this. So I think there's this one, paying attention to the energy, and then from there, seeking the tools and the practices and the frameworks and the best ways to sort of clear the energy. So I think those are two separate principles, becoming aware, leaning into mirrors. And then once you have that awareness, then it is like, okay, now what's the best tool for specific situations that are going to work best? And that I've tried a lot of different tools and I'm happy to share them here the ones that have been most effective for different instances this month, if we want to go down that route, but I trust you to kind of guide the conversation. I definitely want to explore that. Um, First, I'd love to just spend a moment exploring this notion of when, when the energy shifts or when something happens when you, you're in this moment of awareness. Can you just talk us through what that feels like for you? Is it a case of, you know, do you step outside yourself and look back in and try and understand what the, what the emotion is, what you're feeling? How, how do you get that clarity in that moment of, ah, oh, this is what, this is what's actually happening. This is what I'm dealing with right now. So if you have an emotional experience, there's energy present. Like the best way I like to describe it is you can't actually fire a gun that isn't loaded to begin with. Mm-hmm. So remember that, right? Like it doesn't matter if somebody else is in the wrong. If there's something showing up in you, that's yours. 
And that's an energy signature that's getting triggered by life because I believe that our souls are constantly calling in there. And these are the, the attraction, the law of attraction, right? Our souls are constantly calling in the perfect set of challenges to release these energies for good. The souls want to keep vibrating into higher levels of unconditional love. That's what we want. Truly. That is evolution. Evolution is vibrating and rolling upwards into higher and higher states of unconditional love, of joy, of presence, of play. Like those to me are inspiration. Those are the higher states. Like staying stuck in the density of shame, of guilt, of worry, of fear, of anxiety, like those lower frequencies. It's like oil sitting on top of like a, like a wall. It's like it wants to find its way through and it's going to do that because that's just the nature of the frequency. And so that's the first for me, right? And the second is like, if I feel something inside of an entity structure that I have, so like a relationship. So there's like, personally, there's first is like, I'm feeling triggered. And then the second piece is like taking an honest look at the relationship or the entity itself. So if it's like a relationship, like what is the quality of the relationship? Like what's like, let's just take an honest inventory of what's the quality of the relationship and then turn the mirror inwards and being like, is there anything I can be doing to improve the frequency and quality of the relationship? Same thing with work and the business. So if the business is not doing, if it's not thriving in the way that you want it to, great, you can blame the business, you can blame the team members, you can do all that, but it's much more effective to turn inward and be like, what am I not doing? How am I not showing up that is leading to this thing being the way it is for me? Right? Like, and this is a big piece of like, you know, one of the biggest tools that I think we have at our disposal for shifting the quality of life is to speak what we want into existence. If your relationship is not thriving at the way you want it to, the fastest way to shift that is to have a hard conversation is to speak exactly the needs that are not being met. To speak exactly what you want. Don't leave it out to them to figure it out. Tell them, this is how I want you to hold me. This is what I want you to do to me inside of the bedroom. This is like, don't hold back. Because if you hold back, you are actually preventing the opportunity for something to happen. Same thing in work, same thing in everything. The spoken word is the most powerful wand you have. It's like you're casting spells, like this truly, when I mean it, like, in fact, like this was one of the biggest tools I used this month. I learned this in a plant medicine experience I had earlier in the month where they led this beautiful ceremony going into, into water. Like they had this reverence for water that I've never seen before. Like they did an hour long, like, incantation and gratitude prayer for the role that water plays in keeping us hydrated, keeping us safe, nourishing our planet, giving us food. And one of the tricks that the shaman shared was before you actually go and drink any water or take a shower or jump in the ocean for a second, just ask it what you want. And after you ask it what you want, allow the water to literally give it to you. I know that sounds super woo. I know it sounds super crazy, but I can't tell you how many times I literally in the morning would go to the ocean and I would like sit down and just pray for what I wanted. 
which was, Ocean, I want to feel super confident. I want to feel like I know all the answers. I want to feel like, or like there was one moment where I was processing a trigger. I had this deep trigger show up around not feeling seen and worthy. It was, it was I could feel it. It was in my body. And I couldn't listen mm. to anybody. I couldn't listen to my business partners. I couldn't listen to Gina. Like everything they said was just triggering me. And what I did, I felt it. And I was like, this is mine. This is not anybody else's. They're all saying stuff, but I'm getting triggered. So I literally walked out away from everybody. And I walked, I put on my bathing suit and I went to the ocean. I walked through our little trail to the ocean. And I sat there and I prayed and I asked for alchemy. I was like, Ocean, I want you to transform this feeling into something really powerful that I can actually use to create progress in my life. Because right now I feel very stuck and I cannot create progress because I feel stuck. And I went into the ocean and I dove in and I started swimming. And all of a sudden I had this like internal just feeling to primal scream. So I did. I was way out in the ocean. I was like maybe up to my chest in the water and I fucking screamed just ah, ah, let out. I don't know if anyone heard me and I didn't care. I needed to release that energy. After I got back from that, it's like I was a whole new person, completely new person. And I was able to speak with calmness and clarity to Gina. The next day I had a conversation with one of my business partners about something I was feeling and I was really raw and vulnerable and I was tearing up as I was speaking to him and allowing myself to be seen. And that was all part of the magic of clearing the energy. But it started with me actually asking for what I wanted and taking full ownership that it's on me to create what I want. And if I'm not getting what I want, the simplest path is likely in a conversation with the universe or another person. And that to me is part of the medicine, right? It's having the safety and the comfortability to be vulnerable. Like that's, and we can talk about that next as like, you know, as a practice, because I've been practicing that for three years now. So it's easier. Three years ago, it was a lot harder for me to like go into a relationship and say what I really wanted or speak my truth. You know, like it, it takes, it's a muscle that gets built. I'd love to touch a little bit more on this interaction you're experiencing between like your intuition and nature, the path through life. I know you've said before that where you are right now, there's so much more nature and indigenous wisdom and, and things that I'd love to know, like, how is that changing things for you where nature is becoming this creative aspect of, of what you're creating in life? Oh, wow. Well, I've had some really powerful experiences this month with nature and plants and the medicinal nature of them and and the water and the water i mean it's just i i I feel very grounded like i'm barefoot right now walking around an office like you know it's now become an integrated lifestyle and one of the things i'm realizing is that nature vibrates at the frequency of unconditional love nature is powerful like i had a an indigenous elder share a piece of really powerful perspectives that I like was kind of blown away. You know, a lot of people, when they think about death and dying, you know, and they think about indigenous cultures, sacrificing human beings for like, as an offering to the gods, right? Like 
when they did that, and in those indigenous cultures, like ancient cultures, it wasn't like they took the worst people out there and sacrificed them to God. They took the best of the best. Like it was an absolute honor to die for Mother Nature, to die for the cosmos. Because look at how much she provides for us. How many people right now are just getting killed senselessly around the world today without meaning? And then there's the judgment on them. And when he said that, it just brought up a really interesting feeling for me because it's like we don't respect the power of nature to truly end us all. Mother nature does not need us. We need her. Let's get that straight. If she wanted to just send a tornado through New York City right now and just destroy the entire city, she could. And that to me is the truth I continue coming back to here is being humble in, in the presence of nature and, get, and knowing that I don't have the power, but nature does. It's like I can play with nature. I can engage with nature. I can, I can connect to the power of nature and channel it through me as a vessel. Like being in harmony with that energy, I think is, is the fastest path to coming back to like true infinite health and, and, and authenticity and alignment. Like I think that to me has been the biggest aha in that, you know, coming back to that that alignment with the truth and, and the truth exists in nature. Ray Dalio talked about this, you know, one of the most successful hedge fund managers of all time in his book principles, he talks about, you know, every big aha insight piece of code that's ever been developed in his country and his company came back from spending time in nature when he would look at the patterns and what's actually happening in nature, because that's actually what's happening in business. That's what's happening in relationship. It's what's, it's the ultimate truth. Everything comes back to the natural law. And I think there's a, a serious disconnection from that. And I'm rekindling my connection to that over the last two months. And January is no different of really leaning into the, the, the wisdom in tapping into the frequency of that unconditional nature, the unconditional love, the power that nature has where she doesn't give a fuck if we burn down a forest or not. Like she provides. I don't know how much longer because she will eventually have to protect herself, but it starts with each person, right? Each person just has to like, as we wake up to ourselves, we wake up to the beauty of our interactions, our surroundings and all of that, you know, is the truth. And so, well, I was so just intrigued by this experience you had in the water, this notion that the like water, Mother Nature is this partner almost in in creativity and in experiencing life instead of being something separate. I'm just hearing how you're able to how you've you know been exploring what it feels like to be in partnership. And I think that's that's actually really beautiful because you're right, we have lost our connection with nature. It's we've put it outside of ourselves where we forget we're actually that's inherently who we are, we, we are nature, we are part of nature, we're all, we're all part of nature. So we can that connection is beautiful. And 
I'd love to hear more about that as the months unfold, as you spend more time in such a beautiful place, like how that relationship continues to deepen and expand. I think that'd be a really beautiful theme to pick up later. So let's explore some other principles that you've been discovering, exploring. What else have you been learning that's enabled you to walk this path between confusion to clarity? I think a big one, I think this is just an overall concept, but I think it's one of the most powerful tools we have, which is self-forgiveness. You know, and I haven't talked about forgiveness a lot on the show, but in hindsight, I'm realizing how big of a role forgiveness has played in my life. And I think it's one thing to forgive another person. I think that's one layer of forgiveness. But when I really connect to like true forgiveness that almost clears the energy in you, it's actually to forgive yourself for allowing whatever happened in your life to happen. Yeah, that's a tricky one, right? Depending on different circumstances. So tell us more about that. Because I think that's the tricky, hard, nuanced path. And it's going to be different for every person, which is why I don't think there's any one path to healing, right? Like different insights, different tools, different perspectives, different indigenous cultures, different ways of existing and how our minds translate sort of philosophical concepts of healing. But for me, like I realize, you know, and let me talk about, you know, the last three years, like I've gone through a lot of financial ups and downs, like a lot of kind of roller coasters and I've been open about them on the show. And, you know, I've tattered between, you know, forgiving others for wronging me, for not doing what they said they were going to do, you know, for doing all that. But then on the other side of that is also this really fine line of like forgiving myself for not doing due diligence, forgiving myself for not like being what I think I should have been in hindsight. Like, cause hindsight 2020, hindsight's always 2020. But the tricky thing with hindsight being 2020 is it's really easy to actually judge the previous version of you for not knowing better. Yeah. Yeah. And so that blame that shame, that guilt gets internalized and it stays as a frequency in your body. And so for me, like self-forgiveness has been a really powerful tool for clearing those frequencies of shame, guilt that are there. Because if I don't clear that, I can't actually create a different reality moving forward. I'm just going to keep repeating the same things because here's the thing. Most people don't realize there's like this beautiful iceberg right? On the tip of the iceberg above the water are your behaviors and what you do and maybe even your thoughts, right? Underneath that, oh, actually underneath your behaviors are your thoughts. Underneath your thoughts are your emotions. Underneath your emotions are your actual like physical physiology and all the energy that's present in in here. And so if you just change your thoughts and change your behaviors without shifting the energy, you're just going to go into another circumstance and you're actually going to repeat the same thing because that energy is still present in you. And so self-forgiveness, full releasing, the cathartic release, the feeling, like that level of vulnerability with yourself, I think is the most difficult thing to practice, but it's also the most effective. Like if you really want to make lasting changes in your life, getting really honest with yourself about where you let yourself down, And when I say let yourself down, not let like adult person let 
adult person down. It's like, how did you let your inner child down? How did you let your innocence down? How did you let this pure quality of you down in whatever way? Because that's what's actually held in the body. Like I, I like to think of a beautiful, a friend of mine actually shared this perspective with me over the weekend. I thought it was really beautiful. When you get triggered or angry, like he was talking about his process around anger. And he was talking about like, when I get angry, I realize that it's actually a protective response from a younger version of me. And what he realized is that when I get angry, what's actually happening is this younger version of me is trying to protect me while the adult sits back. And he's like, when I really connect to my adult self, I don't need to get angry to change the situation. But this young child in me that doesn't feel safe feels like he needs to fight in order to feel safe. Simple awareness. And so the process for that around forgiving, asking for forgiveness from your inner child, because the inner child doesn't really travel in time. Like, and this is like the trauma stores in the body at a specific age. So even though something happened 20 years ago, it still stores in the body at this age. And so the little child doesn't know between something that happened at the same age versus something that like now you're an adult and it's this age. So when I think about self-forgiveness, it's having this conversation. It's this conversation between my present day self and the part of me that feels like it was wronged, hurt, unsafe, abandoned, rejected, humiliated, betrayed, whatever the word is, the core emotional wounding that that's being carried. But so that's where it's like self-forgiveness becomes a massive path to liberation and freedom. Like it's not for other people. It's actually for yourself, but it takes a tremendous level of vulnerability and courage to allow yourself to forgive others and yourself. It's come back to like seeing the bigger picture, right? Like we know the bigger pictures up here, but when you're stuck in it, it's really difficult. But to mm -hmm. me, this is the path. The path is to self-forgiveness. Full self-forgiveness is the path to true, effective, lasting liberation. How do you have that conversation with your inner child where you do that self-forgiveness piece? How, can you give us some examples of what that looks like? I think for me, it was triggered more so in, like the way it was triggered for me was just, you know, I've been meeting up with a lot of old friends, either in conversation or here in Asara, who we all started out in business around the same time. And, you know, they're way farther along than I am because I didn't, you know, like, and, and I just had these deeper triggers and these insecurities around like not being far enough along, not being at a place where like, I feel like I'm really settled, like I'd like to be. And then what that means for like family, what that means for, so there's like a lot of shame around not being like that. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself for not being in a position where I can be the, the masculine provider that I, I, I want to be and I desire to be in my life. So there's a lot of shame there wrapped up in my masculinity. And I wasn't allowing myself to forgive myself because I thought that forgiving myself would lose my edge from going out there and creating again. And what I was shown very clearly when I was in a journey and a process is that 
it's actually stopping me from creating. Like that energy signature that's inside of me is repeating itself. And if I don't clear this energy, I can't actually create from a, a different consciousness that is more whole, that is more abundant, that can manifest at will. Like manifestation can happen a lot faster when we're not bogged down by shit. And it's been amazing. Like just being here, like the rate at which I am manifesting my life is fucking astounding. Like the people I'm calling in, the connections I'm meeting, the speed with which I'm moving, the more I clear my energy, the faster things are happening. Like miracles, synchronicities, things are just showing up. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I do not believe it to be a coincidence anymore because I've seen so many points of evidence leading to this being like, okay, like when I clear, life shows up. So you've been clearing up this energy through this process of self-forgiveness by this connection with the inner child, recognizing the, the stuff that your inner child is holding on to. What does that release look like? Is it is it like a conversation? Is it something somatic? It's not even like always my inner child. Sometimes it's just a 27-year-old Raj, right? Like a year and a half ago, I had a process around my last relationship where I fully forgave myself for, like it took me years to like fully forgive myself for you know, breaking up with my ex in the way that I did and leaving that relationship. Like it really did. I, I was not forgiving myself because I was just carrying a lot of shame and a lot of like guilt. And, you know, I was living, for, I, I felt very selfish in many ways. And I think it's different for each set of circumstances, right? Like, I, I don't think there's like a formula. I wish I could give you a formula, but it is more like, can you actually hold grace and compassion for yourself for making decisions? Can you have grace and compassion for others for making decisions? Can you have grace and compassion for you not being able to stop others from making a decision? Can you have grace and compassion for yourself for not seeing something coming? Like, those are the questions that I think I would maybe offer instead of it being like a step-by-step -step formula, because those questions then invite the environment of forgiveness, right? Because that's what we're actually trying to inspire. We're trying to inspire an environment of insight because you only need one insight to actually break open a world of feeling. Mm, one realization. True. It's not like it happens like in a process. It's like one aha where you just see something from a completely different perspective. And all of a sudden you just start bawling like crazy. Like that to me is healing. That to me is like releasing. That to me is full self-forgiveness, clearing the process. Like that is what happens. So these questions, these perspectives, maybe this podcast, maybe a conversation with others. Maybe if you're sitting in circles with indigenous, with, with elders, like listening. And bringing your problems to them and hearing the same thing over and over again. I've sat in so many circles since I've been here with elders that are el true elders. Like it's the same stuff they keep saying. I'm curious to know yourself. Like how easy is it for you to, like when you feel that raw emotion coming up, ready to be expressed, whether that's maybe it's crying, maybe it's you said about the roaring in the ocean. Like how have you got to that place where you've been able to let that go? without you know you know it's like sometimes oh you shouldn't cry you shouldn't do this you shouldn't say that you shouldn't do that but that's what you really need to do 
talk us through that experience of having the freedom to let out. So I think one of the relationships I've really changed in my life over the last year, and I didn't get to talk about this on my annual reflection, but this month we had a, a friend of ours and a, a couple friend of ours show up in town and we were just talking about our relationship and how much we've grown, Gina and I. And like, I think one of the things that shifted a lot for me is like trusting that there's always a greater plan, even if I can't see it. And like in our relationship, like allowing myself to be seen in my vulnerability and my messiness has led to the most profound levels of breakthroughs for her, for myself, for our relationship. Like things that I thought if I said would break us up have actually created a container that's so much more magical than anything I could have possibly imagined. And so I think I have, through allowing myself to die, which is another principle I want to talk about, because I think that that's another really important one that I, I came to this month, but like allowing myself to shift my relationship with what's best for me, mm. right? Because like, is it best for me to maintain composure and to be seen a certain way or is it best for me to be fully liberated and releasing right that's a great reframe i love like that what is best for me like is it and you only you can answer that because sometimes it is best to just hold yourself together you know like sometimes yeah. it is not best to just vomit your feelings on somebody or project sometimes it is best to become and then sometimes it is best to really truly speak your truth and allow yourself to be seen and messy because that's honoring you. Like if you loved yourself, what would you do? I love that question from Kamal Ravikant. You know, like that I think is what, that to me is the the vibratory, like that's that's the practice. So that's how I use it. It's It's truly a question each time. I don't think I do it every moment. Like, but when I'm feeling something, there's always a resistance. Yeah. You know, to speaking about, things that I know are really like, like that have shame written all over them. Like, gosh, I don't want to talk about that stuff with others. But I also know now that that is the most potent. That is my medicine. That is the, you know, to me, that is the medicine is being seen in my, in my messiness in my imperfections being seen and knowing I have my back. And the universe has my back. I don't need somebody else to validate or confirm or tell me. It's like, I trust myself coming back to self-trust. And, and I think that's taken time to develop. Like you have to develop that muscle of knowing when to allow yourself to die. Those versions of you to die. Those, the fears of being seen to die. You know, like that to me is a, a muscle and a practice and it comes with maturity but in order to get mature, you have to be immature. And I think that path from immaturity to ma emotional maturity, at least, like takes, it's a rite of passage for everybody. Like it is. And I don't think we teach that rite of passage effectively. You know, for me, it was self-taught. I had to learn and I found mentors and teachers to teach me. But, you know, we don't teach this stuff in schools. And my generation of parents, you know, like the, the parents that raised our generation, like they were never taught how to like feel their feelings and process what's true. And so like, they're almost stuck in the same loops too. So, you know, there is, I think a new era of nervous system regulation that's showing up in the world right now. And, and we're all waking up to it ourselves in our own unique ways. But I think a fundamental concept is building that muscle and being patient with yourself if you don't already have it built. Well, so much good stuff there. And I'm, I'd love to dig a little bit deeper around this concept of 
dying like I'm feeling that you're talking about having multiple deaths in, in like a lifetime and it's interesting because you're talking about how nature is evidence of the truth and as we know for example a tree dies every year if it's if it's a deciduous tree it sheds its leaves every year it's dying um, consistently so something new can be reborn so maybe let's talk a little bit about this about cultivating a, a different relationship with death and how we can use these small deaths I don't know what you want to call them as a, a way to grow and, and evolve and get closer in touch with who we are yeah so you know I've been ever since my ayahuasca ceremony back in December where I like felt myself process my death this has been a very important conversation for me around how do I integrate this idea of many deaths into my life you know and maybe let's just define what a death is I think death is the end point of something you know right? Like, let's just call it that. So it's like a way of being that you know, and are very familiar with. It's a path you're taking. It's like, it could be many deaths, right? But at the end of the day, it's the point right before you jump into uncertainty. And I think the biggest uncertainty is what's going to happen when we die. Like we have our ideas, we have our spiritual faiths, we have, I can believe I'm a soul that I'm going to reincarnate. Like I have all these things that help me feel good. But at the end of the day, we really don't know. Nobody knows. And if somebody tells you they know, they're full of shit. They are absolutely full of shit. I don't care how religious they are, spiritual they are. Nobody actually knows what is going to happen after we die. Yes, there are people who have had near-death experiences, which I think are really valuable to learn from. Very valuable to learn from, you know, Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani is one of my favorite reads. And, you know, she talks about how she had a very aggressive form of cancer, died, experienced what's on the other side and came back. And I think those are really important concepts to bring into our lives to inspire more life. But I think just that thing of like, we don't know what's on the other side. And so to me, the healthiest thing we can do to cultivate more groundedness, to cultivate more comfort inside of crisis is to get comfortable with the idea of us not knowing what the hell is going to happen next. And to me, that's found in practice through a few ways. One, I already mentioned it, it's allowing myself to be seen. So having hard conversations with the people in my life around like sharing things, I don't know how it's going to be received. Like that's a big unknown. And trusting and speaking to myself that I'm safe, I'm going to be okay. If any of the scenarios happen in front of me, which could be this person gets super pissed off and never wants to see me again. It doesn't matter what the scenarios would be thousand scenarios that my mind creates. It doesn't matter what happens. I trust. I trust in the universe. I trust in myself. I trust that there's something better on the other side. Do you see how that frame? I trust that there's something better on the other side. That is the ultimate sort of energy of shifting our relationship with death. Because if you trust that there's something better on the other side, it could be a physical death. It could be a discomfort. It could be a hard conversation. It could be something uncomfortable that you're doing. It changes the relationship to change. It really does. And, you know, so for me this month, I had some really powerful integrations really and ahas actually around how to bring more of that into my life. So one is, again, allowing myself to be seen because of everything I just mentioned. But then the other side is actually through physical practices. So I attended a breathwork class in I think middle of the month here. There was a friend of ours who's a brilliant teacher and he was just hosting a breathwork class. 
And we went out there and we sat down and he offered an invitation, which was in those moments where you feel yourself, he was teaching different modes of breath work. So he was teaching like, you know, the, the deep breathing, he was teaching the breath of fire. He was teaching all these different pranayama practices and all these ancient Indian practices. And one of the practices he mentioned was when you hold your breath, at the moment you feel yourself wanting to give up, hold and internally allow that part of you that wants the air to die. And I thought it was crazy when he said it, but then I said, you know, whatever, let me try it. Let me give it a shot. And so I did, I sat down and I did, you know, we were breathing and then I started doing alternate nostril breathing, which is one of my favorite techniques for cultivating like just incredible levels of life force and connection with my, with my energy field. And as I like started doing it and I held my breath, you know, like 20 seconds in, I could feel like my lungs wanting to like, just like, I was like, get a breath of fresh air, go, go gulp, gulp for air. And the most uncomfortable feeling was being like, no, shut up. Don't. And I just kept feeling like my lungs, like, like it was like, get air. You're going to die. And I was like, no, I'm not going to die. And I just kept letting it go. And in the very beginning, I held my breath like three separate times. And the first time it was a lot harder. Second time it got easier. And then by the third time I got so comfortable letting myself just die that it didn't even phase me. And that's not the first time I've experienced that. You know, three years ago, I was in a sweat lodge, my first sweat lodge in December of 2020, when I was in Mexico, I had this feeling where, you know, sweat lodges are designed where there's four doors that you walk through. So it's like a 30 minute door, 30 minute door, or 20 minute door, 25 minute door, 25 minute door, 25 minute door, 25 minute door. And each door symbolizes like a hotter time, right? So like first door, they put in a ton of volcanic rocks and you sit there. Second door, they make it hotter. Third door, they make it the hottest or like the, it's like the hardest one. It's like, they say like, this is where all your demons come out. And I remember it in that third door in that sweat lodge. I thought I was going to die. I was with other people in there and people were screaming. They were like releasing. And I just felt so much fear and anxiety and worry. And I was like, I'm going to fucking die. I need to get out of here. I'm going to die. And then I don't know where I just felt this like internal voice that was like, no, you are not going to die. And if you do die, so be it, but you're not walking out of here. And I remember just saying, I'm not walking out. I just kept sitting, 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 just focusing on my breath, just focusing on my breath. And then out of nowhere, the shaman threw a giant bucket of water on me to signify the close of the third door. The fourth door was a piece of cake. I walked through that like it was nobody's business. I felt like I was on top of the world. And that's the same feeling I felt after I let myself die in the ayahuasca ceremony. And it's the same feeling I felt after I let myself die in that breathwork class. It's the same feeling I feel when I'm in a very difficult yogas class. And like he's, and, and the, and the instructor is having me hold a pose that is so hard. But when I allow myself to be with it and allow those parts of me to die afterwards, it's the same feeling of infinite freedom of like ultimate confidence of just knowing and trust. It's the same feeling when I sit in a cold plunge that's freezing. And I want to get out. And then I tell my mind, no. These feelings, and I, and I think 
to me, that is a practice of letting yourself die. Letting those parts of you that are clinging on for safety and security and, and certainty mm-hmm. to die. Comfort is certainty. Right? I love it. I love it. So if you had to weave a thread through January 2023, what thread would you choose? I think trust is a deeper word that just keeps coming up for me. It's like really trusting that I'm exactly where I need to be and that like if things aren't where I want them to be, it doesn't mean I'm dying. Like I almost have to come back to that. Like it's like, oh, I don't have this thing in my hand right now. It's like uncertain. I don't know. Come back to my breath, come back to the knowing that like I have food on the table, like my, like I'm, I'm supported in some way, shape or form. And I think that to me is, I think a, a common thread of just trusting myself in deeper ways. That's been my truth. You know, like I realized I'm in a super learning phase with work right now and liberate, you know, cause we're getting ready to like officially start launching stuff in the new year in a few months. And I've realized like everything I've ever built in my life has been almost like a, a mind based project. Like everything's been up here and, and I'm having to show up in ways that are so new. Like I'm having to, yeah. like, I'm raising capital. I'm hiring my first COO, which I've never had before. Amazing. I've always been like a, a jack of all trades that can just do everything. And like, so I'm like, I'm being forced to own my gifts so that. And bring on people that like perfectly compliment me, building culture and doing things. And I feel like sometimes I get really hard on myself for not being already where I need to be. And then I come back and I'm reading a brilliant book right now by a guy named Cameron Harold on, it's called Second in Command. It's about finding a COO. And um, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, he's just talking about that. And he talks about how you know, young visionary founders like Mark Zuckerberg and Michael Dell, like they weren't business guys. They were like product vision idea guys. And their investors went and found the Sheryl Sandbergs and like the big operators to come in and actually build the things that the founders are bringing to life from their electricity, their energy. Mm-hmm. So it's really important for me to like come back to that truth that like, I don't have to have all the answers. I just have to trust that 
where I'm headed, what I'm creating, where it's coming from is all coming from a beautiful place of love, unconditional love. And as long as I stay connected to that and I keep doing my inner work and I keep showing up fully and I keep owning my shortcomings and keep owning my brilliance, I I can always continue rising as a being and rising and allowing and creating an environment where everyone around me can rise as well. And so I think just trust and really leaning into that trust and owning it in big ways has been um, the common thread for the month. And yeah, it's been a really beautiful month. I, I it was one of it. It's just been like reflecting. I was like, there's so much stuff to share, you know, and there's like oodles of things I didn't share. <laughs> definitely bore it this month this has been a great one and let's just go last question how did you stay grounded this month uh jumping in the ocean <laughs> like i mean it like praying into the ocean and just jumping in every morning sometimes twice a day like after a full day of work gina and i will just jump in and just play and laugh and swim together and like just be in la la land and like it's it's the most magical thing. Like the sunsets here are just absolutely stunning. And um, just getting to pre- like every day, just anchoring back into gratitude for like that gift I have right now to be so present in nature and have this ally, this true ally that is there for me whenever things get hard. Like I can just go and be with mother nature and she is always there to like refuel me in ways that I just cannot describe. And so I I think that's what's truly kept me grounded is knowing that I have an ally in nature and I have an ally in the divine. And those allies, and I have allies and ancestors, I have allies around me that are all operating in ways that are truly supportive of whatever's next in my life. And so that's how I stayed grounded and that's how I likely will continue to stay grounded. Amazing. Well, epic conversation this time thank you for everything you brought today i've been making some notes myself as we've been going on you've given me some thoughts as well so thank you as always so much thank you Raj. Mm-hmm. thank you and everybody that is a wrap for this week's episode of stay grounded if this conversation was helpful for you leave us a review tag us on social media let me know how it landed but if not This is your old friend, Georgina. This is your host, Raj. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.